right, we're going to jump right into Q&A, so feel free to stick around and grab a seat, and that goes for you online as well. I'm going to go ahead and put the phone number up there that you can text to, which is 360-447-8474, soon to be a hit song, I promise. Um, and yeah, go ahead and text in any questions or comments, concerns, confoundings, whatever you got. Text them all in, and then Bruce will run up here, and we'll chat about them too. Sweet. I can see him running already full speed. Here we go. I do have to say right off the bat that with that wonderful list of uh, dwarves, uh, old uh, aging and blotchy, somebody did point out that said, uh, well, six out of seven dwarves are not happy, which is funny and true. I like that. That is funny. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. Good morning. How's it going? Good, sir. Um, it, good. I should have brought the bullhorn up here. We could have. I it. know. That's my new favorite thing in the whole world. Um, yeah, man. This was just jam packed. This is another one of those that it was just. I find myself circling thing after thing after thing. Just dense, good stuff. Reminders, you know, things that you just can't hear enough. Is it okay? Because I really felt like I'm playing on a line here. Is it? Uh, and this might just be my own religious upbringing. Is it okay that I start a joke? You know. Involving Jesus in something he really did. That's a that's a <laughs> funny question because I wonder that because you know me I'm probably more like yeah of course like because we get it but I know that you know I'm I'm more uh, fast and loose in my history so I'm like I don't know. Is it's that... funny because of all the things that I will say up here, that's the thing that's closest to my edge. <laughs> yeah right right. Where it's like. Because it makes a great point. Yeah. And I don't think I'm violating anything, but I hope I'm not offending anyone. Yeah. No, because it, what I like about why I like it, <laughs> why I like it, is because uh, uh, it, it, it does. It, it makes it memorable because I'm sitting here going, what are you saying? Where are you? Oh, okay. And now that point, I mean, anything to just get you there, to have something sink in and be well, memorable. And the whole point like was good. us going all in for Jesus. Right, right. And so I thought, okay. I'm, um, and know. if it's clear. I, I mean, as long as it's clear. I that's think the it thing. was clear the moment I said. And <laughs> 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 a pig decided to pool their resources and make breakfast. I don't know. A lot of people are going, okay, you know, there's a lot of weird stories in the Bible. There's I don't a talking remember. donkey. Yeah, sure, yeah. Okay, so the hen <laughs> and the pig. I don't remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. Well, we got a couple. Of, let's, uh, I'll take a look here. We got a couple of uh, questions already coming in. Okay. Um, what did you mean by we have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right? Our, that verse goes on to say have no right to eat of and they blah, 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 blah. And it goes on. And I wanted to just cut it short because I was trying to make this point. Um, but what it's saying is those who remain in the old uh, the old temple, temple system. system, thank you, the old temple system inside the camp, um, there no longer remains uh, forgiveness because Christ came to, as the ultimate sacrifice. And so those guys that reject Jesus, and the, you know, part of the ones who put him on the cross, um, they have no right to eat, let's say, the communion of Christ, his, his body and blood, because they reject him. And so you have to come outside the camp. So let us, we have an altar. And I, I have to say that my favorite part of the whole message, we have an altar. I've read that so many times and it's never struck me the way it did that I've always read it symbolically. Right. And I'm for the first time internalizing it literally. 
we have an actual, there's an actual altar, it's called the cross, and it's where Jesus Christ, the, the symbolic lamb of God, was sacrificed on that. We have an altar. Right, right, right. And it's uh, the shameful thing, it goes on to say. You know, the one he bore. It's like, oh my goodness, I've never thought of the cross as an actual altar of Christ where our sacrifice right. offered himself. And so that passage is saying, um, we have a cross with a Savior that was offered once and for all, that those who are still inside the temple offering yeah. animals who reject him have no right to eat from. And so, you know. You don't, do you see it literally as a separation from Jesus as the cross being the altar, or is Jesus and the cross part and parcel of the altar? I, which I only say I because it go, sounds... I would have to go... I mean, I don't mean like we should go find the cross... So no, no, we, of course, of course. I just course. mean, in that story... Right. We have three things. We have a cross, which serves as an altar... We have Jesus who serves as the perfect sacrifice right. for all times. And we have Jesus as the high priest offering, offering the living sacrifice of himself on the cross, which is the altar. Those three things together become one thing. You know, the Christian cross. Yeah, right. Especially since, like you're saying, like it, it's the consummation of all those things in one person. The priest, the offering, the altar, all. Um, I, yeah, I only say because in this whole sort of analogy or, or substance, actually, the unpacking of it, you know, if, if Jesus is the altar, you know, uh, so, you know, we have an altar for, for those who minister to blah, blah, blah. So let's go to him. Let's mm -hmm. go outside to him. It yeah, sounds but, like it, but it says um, because he gave his his own blood for us right. know, as the sacrifice. Right. And so let's go to him. Christ crucified on a cross as a sacrifice. I don't think we can. I don't think you say Jesus is the altar, the cross is the altar. It, but, so the following that through Jesus, therefore, let us the sacrifice, sacrifice uh, offer the sacrifice of praise. Because that I, would be the altar on which we're offering our praise, right? Our sacrifice is well, on the altar. Well, through the sacrifice of Jesus, let us offer uh, our sacrifice on the cross. Oh, I'm just making this up now as we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how, the old, uh, everyone has to take up their cross and follow me. Right, right, right. You got an, we got an altar. Oh, we're going to have to look into this more. <laughs> I know, that's some good stuff. I mean, this was just the uh, first time I've kind of looked at it that way, that it's something to explore Isn't it in scripture. how it still just pops out, we're just looking at it, and then I don't think I've ever heard that that way. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, somebody wanted to share this. Years ago, I was, uh, I was justifiably extremely mad at someone. As I contemplated what they had done in anger, I told myself, I hate them. No, that's not strong enough. I seethingly hate them. <laughs> it took only a couple of minutes for God to tell me, you cannot hate this person and also love me. I immediately realized if I wanted a relationship with God, I couldn't have a relationship with hate, justified in their eyes or not. Uh, the hate caused a huge chasm between myself and the Lord, the love of my life. At that moment when I, at that moment when I chose Jesus over the hate, that focus changed everything. Changed from hating someone to loving Christ and wanting nothing more than to love and serve Him. And Fantastic. That is exactly right. That's I love this message. Is uh, we, we were talking about that earlier this week. This reiteration of how funny it is. Then when you go, oh, I just want to tell you how much I love you. He goes, great, and points you somewhere else. Right, so show me. 
show, yeah, exactly. You love me so much, go tell him. Do what I said. Go tell him you love him, because that's how you could really show that's me you love me. right. And that uh, is so funny. And I got some questions in the back, so I just want to uh, reiterate, like, three things here. One, uh, yes, today was almost entirely about uh, brothers and sisters, fellow believers. And so somebody said, so does that mean we can hate people outside the church? I said, no, it means there's a whole separate set of scriptures about loving yeah. them. Uh, <laughs> what a great Christian question. Well, I still get, uh, where do I get to hate, though? Yeah. I want to make sure. And I said, and, and I, that's why I did include the one passage where he says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Um, because there's a whole set of those scriptures. But today, I was just taken uh, aback at how many scriptures are talking to us as fellow believers. Right. And, and I, we're going to explore this. Maybe you'll be preaching on it this Sunday. We're yeah, going to be talking all about right. We've been talking uh, behind yeah. your backs. <laughs> but that whole thing, I don't want to give away too much. But that whole thing about why. You know, they, the world will know us by our love yeah. for each other. Why? How? What? And there's a really good reason for why we have to be that right. model for the world. Uh, so that was one. You don't get to hate your non-believer. <laughs> but, but trying to point especially in the age of COVID, where we see the church being split up in such weird ways like yeah. never before. We're not coming here anymore because you're too, uh, you're too loose with the mask rules. And we found a church that thinks like us. Yeah. Uh, we're not coming here anymore. And I've gotten both of these. Uh, you're, you're too demanding with the mask uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so we found a church who thinks like us. It's like, wait, you both can't leave. <laughs> For completely opposite, well, they did. And but what's happening is we're losing the power of showing the world that we all are very different and think very right. differently. And back then it was slave and free, rich and poor, exactly. uh, male and female, Jew and Greek, and all these things that divided them incredibly. They all come together and love each other. He goes, "What other group in the world does that? No one. Yeah. Everyone yeah. tries to find the people that think like them. So don't be that." Yeah. Um, I like it, like how you dug into bond servant. One of those things where you where it's a spectacle, right? Like because when you say that, you go, "What? He was set free and wants to stay." Like what a you know what a testimony without having to even say any word. You just right. go, you're choosing to stick around there. That tells me so much about you, him, the relationship. In that same way, that love. If we go, yeah, oh, I love the guys across the aisle from me. I love the guys across the you know, Pond. political <laughs> aisle as well. And they go, what? That says so much about you and who you love and everything. I mean, that's just, yeah. it's so unique. I mean, it's, yeah. ought to be anyway. That's what I'm yeah, so for. Let's see, and there's one other thing. What was, oh, oh, another fellow said, um, but there's scripture that says, uh, be angry and do not sin. And don't let the sun go down on your anger. And I, I said, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, this is talking about and when Jesus talks about the murder in your heart, it's being angry with your brother or sister. And he goes on and explains it a lot more. I didn't have time without cause. And I didn't want to include that because then you have to explain what that means. But basically, uh, there is a righteous anger. I've preached on it before. You're, mm -hmm. You see somebody uh, beating up a little girl down an alley and you're walking past. And it's a great big dude. And you're a little scrawny guy like me. Yeah. Well, you don't know how to stop it, but you need to. And there's a two-by-four. And so you take it, and you just knock the guy over the head because that's love. Right. 
uh, and so, and you have this righteous anger that you, you have to stop doing that, and this is the only way you I can see, make you. You see money changers in a temple, maybe. Yeah, you turn see, over the table. You see Peter, the guy who you're supposed to be building everything on, saying the polar opposite of the thing that he needs to say, and you might get a little mad. I mean, that's right. wholly righteous. Like, this can't be. Like, this is, yeah. I, I won't stand for. But the rule of thumb is the wrath of man does not accomplish, accomplish the righteousness of God. Right. That's, and so there's, there's a righteous anger. And that righteous anger comes with seeing a truth that is angering. But you don't take it the step further and condemn and hate. Right. You can be angry and not hate. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's that God's wrath is where God's truth meets sin. It just happens. It's yeah. not, there's not an intention or yeah. an anger there. Okay. okay uh, I want to work on myself, but I don't know where to start. What would you recommend for me to do? Also, thank you for your service today. Hmm. Uh, I, I assume they mean work on the whole coming to life by loving like Christ. I, I would imagine, yes. Um, number one, don't overwhelm yourself because I always like this analogy. If the devil can't keep you from getting on the horse... Well, he'll be the first one there to help you up and over. And so what we often do is God starts working on our heart. And like I said today, we, we deceive ourselves into just settling for thinking about it and feeling sorry. When he says, no, no, I'm working on your heart because I want you to do something. So first, you've got to do something. But secondly, it's bump, bump, bump. Don't pile so much on yourself that you know you'll burn out. Here's what I mean. Just... Talk to God, you and him, little notepad, and say, could you just give me like two of the top people I really need, that I really need to talk, that I'm ready to, that I'm ready to right now, maybe with a little help from you, and give me, just show me. He will. I mean, they'll come to mind, and you might think, well, I'm not ready for them. Okay, then that's not one. Um, <laughs> right, know, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, but this person, yeah, I guess, and... Just write those down and go, that's, okay, good, good. Lord, let's work on those two. Let's just, let's start weeding the garden. Yeah, yeah. Because every day is a new day. His mercies are new every morning. He doesn't want you to, to go conquer the world in a day. He wants you to do something. Right. And the two ways we, we disrupt that is by doing nothing or by piling so much on ourselves that we don't end up doing anything. Yeah, yeah. So there. I think it's so a that, and number two. Just start looking up every scripture on the subject. I, I gave you a whole bunch of places to start. If you just go read all of those scriptures from today's message in context, there is so much there that I wasn't able to share. Uh, just read First John. Just read yeah, First John yeah. all the way through. Um, that sobers you up real quick. Yeah, it does. Um, here's a good, uh, good question. I have, I have this strong dislike for some people in higher offices. <laughs> I pray for them to do good for our country and for God to put love in their hearts, but I have a problem with loving them sometimes. So am I in trouble with God? Possibly. Um, you can be angry about what you see as injustices or whatever, but we have to be very careful. I, Anymore, I'm trying not to skirt that line. I'm trying, I don't yeah. want to play on the edge uh, yeah, so much. Yeah. It's like error on the side of love. Um, but what you check your heart for is that you're not hiding a little bit of frosty hate in right, there. Right. Like, like despising them, like condescending, 
Like, check the words that come out of your mouth right. when you speak about them, and you'll know real quick. I mean, that's what Jesus said. You know them by the fruit. Just the fruit of their lips. Yeah. You can't produce a, a well, can't produce sweet and bitter water. And so if you're spitting out bitter water, you better be praying for forgiveness and bump, bump, bumping your way into sweet water. Uh, right. And I think a big part of that is something that we don't talk about enough in the church at large, which is that confessing of it. It's really hard to ever change and let that bumping be unless you do exactly what you just did, which is call it out in yourself and say it out loud, put it in a text, you know, like have an accountability person and say, I know I'm doing this stuff, but I don't feel it, you know? And then you go, I, there, I, you said it's it. real now. Yeah, like it happened. And then you can start to really unpack it instead of harboring that's it, a, that frozen stuff. Is, that's is a great deep. point. The person who said, what do I do? How do I, where do I start? Yeah. You need to find somebody safe, fellow believer, that you can talk to about these things as well. Because you need to make it real. You need to speak it. I, yes. Somebody asked me if, they, if there was something specific they could pray for me. And I said, yes, here's something I've not asked anyone to pray for that I'm dealing with in myself. And I just said it. And I don't care who's listening. And I said it. And they said, yeah, I'd be glad. I Thank you for giving me something. I said, thank you for praying with me. Right. I said, and for letting me just say it out loud. Because... Now I want to work on it be more than I did. Yeah, <laughs> because, right, right. Because you know it and you're praying and you're probably going to ask me how it's going. <laughs> exactly, but it takes that. It's a concerted effort. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think, let's see, is that anything, everything I got right now? I'll let you guys have a few more seconds to get any in under the wire if you like. Um, man, seriously though, yeah. There was you don't a- really look like my uncle. It's the, it's the beard. I should be so lucky. It's the beard. I, I don't know. I get that. It wasn't grandfather, so that's a plus. Um, live, love, die. Love that little recipe. I think that is one of those ones that you can just And chronologically, it's die, love, live. Die, love, live. Because you die to self. Yeah. Lay down your life to love others, and that love is what brings his life to you. It's what shows you you're walking in the life. It's not, it does, again... It doesn't earn it. It right. confirms that it's there. If you go, I want to do that. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. Just, are you alive? Yeah. And are you sure? Yeah. And you can remember that. That's one of those things that is super convicting, but so memorable, and, it's, and you can unpack it to the nth degree. I've never, I've never realized how much the word talks about believers walking in darkness. Right, and I right, know right. there's times, I look back now, I go, oh, wait, so the hatred, the, the not letting get go of a thing, that's darkness? Oh, I've done that. I've walked in darkness for right, a little while. Right. And thankfully, I've come out of that darkness. And well, it's, is, only the, it's only that love for the Lord that gets you out because, like you're, you were reading there, um, I don't want to do it for them, but I do want to do it for you. Right. And you say, I got to do it to them like you've done to me. Okay, right. I do. And then I don't feel it, but I just keep confessing it. And all of a sudden, I, I don't know when it happened, but I kind of feel it now. And I'm so, so what do you do with the scriptures that are like, um, you know, because every once in a while you read something that is really unfortunate and convicting, kind of like this, you're dead, you know, scripture, if you don't have mm-hmm. this. Where, hey, well, you know, if you're a believer, you, you don't sin anymore. We know that we're believers because we stop sinning or we're walking in the, we know a believer doesn't walk right. in the dark. We walk in the light. All of those walking and practicing, they're all about practicing being made holy. Uh, and when you take all of them, there's a, two dozen of them in the first through third John, I think. 
and you look at all of the things he says, you can't take just one because it'll be like, yeah, he never sins. Yeah. Well, find the other three where he says the same thing but adds on, and you go, yeah. oh, here's your complete thought. They don't make a practice of sin. They're not practicing unrighteousness. They're practicing righteousness, but they do sin. You know, and John talks about there's sin that doesn't lead to death. You go, there it is. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. yeah. Pray for people who sin doesn't lead to death. You go, oh, because they're perfect in your eyes as they're being made holy. But by the sheer definition of being made, it means part of you ain't made perfect right, yet. Right, right, right. But you're covered. And so... Yeah, that's good. And that's a good reminder to never pull something out of context or just mm -hmm. on its own and think that you have a commandment that is unbreakable. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why the book is the size that it is. Be perfect <laughs> as my father is perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, read it in context. <laughs> because um, I guarantee Jesus isn't saying you're not coming to heaven till you're just like the creator of the universe. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Can we believe that leaders are committing evil and maybe some are just plain evil? And what do we do with this? Hate evil, love the child of God. Can we believe that leaders are committing evil and maybe some are just plain evil? I guess it's like saying, is this all right to think this way? That the leaders are committing evil and maybe some are just plain evil? <laughs> plain evil. As opposed to the irregular evil. Um, um, and what to do with this? Hate evil love the child of God. I've always seen evil as a cancer. And so somebody can be riddled with cancer. You know there's no way they're living. They're just on, they're on the door, the death's door is just full of cancer. They're not cancer. Right. They're suffering from cancer. That's evil. And Jesus is the great physician. They might be suffering from evil. They might be so evil ridden and seared in their conscience that there's no coming back. But they're not evil. They're suffering from evil. They're dying from evil. Right, right. They're perpetuating evil. We are to hate evil. That's why David talks about, I hate with perfect hatred. Mm -hmm. I hate the enemies of God with perfect hatred. You go, wait, what? I hate the evil, not the person. And that's a big Christian thing. You know, we hate the sin, not the sinner. Right. Because right. that's what God does. That's what a doctor does with cancer. He hates the cancer. He doesn't hate the person that has the cancer. And the worse the cancer gets the more attention they get from the doctor. Come on, let's see what we right. can do. So, and, and even the behaviors, because like, they, they don't hate the person for continuing to smoke. They hate the smoking. It's like you just want, yeah. there's all of the... And, and again, you, you can be angry with smoking. You can be angry with a person for smoking, but you don't have to hate them. Right. You don't have to hate them. You still love them. Why are you angry with them for smoking? And, and so... Be angry and don't sin. God doesn't say put on rose-colored glasses and act like everything's hunky-dory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but learn to walk in this world and very accurately observe what's going on and what causes what and what is evil and where it is. Pray against that. Pray for that. But always see the humanity for which Jesus died because that person that you want to believe is evil. If they were the only one, Jesus would have hung on the cross for them. Right. And it's very hard to hate someone that Jesus was up there dying for. Yeah. I mean, it better be. That better be very hard to hate <coughs> that person. Yeah. 
speak. Yes. Okay. Well, um, they liked the answer and then asked, uh, are our shirts matching on purpose? This is gray. <laughs> this is green. Um, I told him. Something just told me. I was in the closet today. I grabbed that green one. I went, no, I didn't want to. Uh, not today. It'll be a little too on the nose. But, uh, but they must look alike yeah. on Online. Yeah. Well, cool. Okay. Well, then I think that's a good place to stop. Uh, good stuff. Let's do it again next week. How old are you? I'm fo you 40. You just, just turned 40. 40. Just so turned a full 40. no is now 40, but yeah. yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> that's a full uh, no. Okay. Perfect. How old are you? Because I asked that at the beginning of this, and some people asked me afterwards, oh. too. So I said, April. In April, I turned the big six off. In April, you turned the big 60. six. Oh. We're 20 years apart. That's right. You're one and a half me's. Okay. <laughs> Love y'all. Love y'all. See you next time. Bye. Bye, guys.